It's time for the True Sports Card Show. The only one-hour radio show that keeps you the very latest in sports memorabilia news from around the world. Here are your hosts, industry expert Imran Pilati and Sacktown Sports 49ers insider Emil Fragoso. Good morning, everybody. It's Emran Pilati coming to you from the Sacktown Sports 1140 studios. I'm here live along with Nate behind the window. And of course, if you're on YouTube, you can see him right now. My co-host, Emil Fragoso, who is out in Las Vegas as we speak. Emil, what is going on with you? I am doing good. How are you guys doing right now? We're doing all right. Emil is coming from Las Vegas and enjoying um, his week. It's Super Bowl week, as everybody knows. And what's awesome about Emil being out there is that he is covering the Niners, obviously. I was out there multiple times this week, and uh, when I say multiple times, kind of wacky. I was there for a conference, like a framing convention, where I bought some materials and equipment to be able to do some of the custom custom framing of our shop coming up, which we'll talk about in a little bit. I flew in, flew out on Tuesday, and then Emil, uh, I flew in and flew out again on on Thursday because I did a, a charity event with... Tim Brown for his foundation for Elizabeth Smart Foundation. They had uh, quite a few athletes there, including some Hall of Famers that I got to meet and work with: Rod Woodson, uh, Marcus Allen, Jerome Bettis, etc. So I had my fun, but both days were in and out. I flew in the morning, flew out that night. But you've been there all week. So let's talk about Super Bowl week before we get into other stuff regarding cards and memorabilia. Um, Emil will be with us for the next few minutes, um, kind of talking about the game itself and the the week leading up to it. Nate would happen to be there as well, um, and Emil is still out there. Are you? Let's start from the beginning, Emil. Are you going to be there through the game, or are you coming home tonight, tomorrow? What's what's the scenario for you personally? Oh no, I'm I'm going to be at the game. Yeah, I just picked up my my credential yesterday. I'll be at the game covering uh, at Legion Stadium for Super Bowl Fifty Eight. Very very excited for it. I'm really more excited to watch the halftime show with Usher, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> with, with that said, I mean, if you think about this, there's actually some really cool prop bets. One of them was how many songs in Usher's playlist. The over-under was eight and a half. So I figured, you know, he's going to be doing the 30-second, uh, 45-second song at a time. So my yeah. guess is that he's not going to um, do past, I don't know, I, I think he'll probably do 10 songs. That's my guess. Well... I do have a little insight on that, actually. Tell me. Uh, from from reports, you know, usually the Super Bowl halftime show is 13 minutes or capped out of 13 minutes. Usher's team got him 15 minutes, so I would definitely bet that over. 15 minutes? Yes. I, I still think the best show that I saw on TV, I've never been in the Super Bowl before, the best show that I saw when I watched some of the ones going back was uh, Prince's one that he did where he played uh, the guitar, Purple Rain, In the Rain. And one of the things that we found out was that his equipment managers and stuff were telling him, please do not go out there. This is a real hazard. And he's like, no way. This is my moment. I'm going to do it. He's playing electric guitar in the rain, purple rain. It was just one of those like feel good moments. And believe it or not, Lady Gaga's was pretty awesome. If you ever saw Mm -hmm. that one, she was, she was incredible on that halftime show. What was your favorite besides Usher coming up? Uh, my favorite one, I, I, I'm in the minority. I feel like Rihanna was pretty good last year as well as I, I really liked, um, two years prior Eminem, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, the whole California classic was, which is awesome to see that, that collaboration. Sure. All right. Let's talk about the game. I was there at the beginning stages of the kickoff for the week. I saw a lot of the things at Caesars palace and a lot of the, uh, different, uh, Places that you can take your photo and that kind of stuff. What has this week been like leading up to today? It's just been super hectic. It's been all over the place. It's, you know, it's Las Vegas, but it's also Super Bowl week. So you combine the two together and you get this super, Super Bowl week, which is what's kind of happening here right now. Um, you know, just coming in Monday, my flight got delayed in because of Air Force, Air Force One being stuck here on the tarmac in Vegas. So I, my flight got delayed coming in. I had to go directly from the airport to Allegiant Stadium for opening night. And as soon as I get there, well, what happens? Well, I realize that all the players are just walking around, talking with people, and it's just a a bonanza of spectacle. And that's kind of how it's been the whole week of just, you know, going from one place to another, traveling. It's been super hectic, getting stories out, getting content. Nate as well, doing great job. The uh, the midday show as well. Styles and Watkins doing a great job with their stuff on Radio Row. Um, 
super, super hectic, super, super chaotic, but super rewarding and super fulfilling. And that's what I've really appreciated about this week is that, you know, I don't, I don't take a lot of things in. I don't, I don't take a lot of time to relish in the moment. Typically I'm usually go, go, go. I'm so work oriented and based, but this week I've really tried to take some time to just soak it all in and appreciate where I'm at. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm pretty frugal in things that I spend, but when you think of, if, if you know me, I like experiences. I, I don't mind splurging on experiences. So I thought, eh, maybe I'll try a Super Bowl ticket. Bro, I mean, when we talk about nosebleeds, I mean, you're halfway, uh, you're at the 10,000 feet mark, right? Where you can turn yep. on your, yep. your computer on an airplane before you can. That's how far you're sitting in the Legion Stadium at about $8,000 a ticket for this. Yep. And uh, for you to be able to be in the building as part of the credentials for media, I hope you really take advantage of that and absorb what I know you're working. There's no doubt about that. I'm looking at Nate right now through the window and he is a zombie. He's been working all week as well. But uh, tell us a little bit about maybe some of the injuries that we need to be aware about or any kind of uh, trends that you're seeing that might affect the game itself. Yeah, on the injury front for just the 49ers, they are the healthiest they've been all season. Eric Armstead, George Kittle, Ambry Thomas, Oren Burks, all the guys that were kind of banged up going into this week, fully cleared, fully ready to go. The only person who is on the injury report right now is uh, second-year defensive tackle Kalia Davis, who is on the IR with an ankle injury. He, I don't think, will be cleared. He might be, but really for this Niners team, they're as healthy as they can be, and that that's a blessing in, in itself that the Niners are going into this at almost full strength. Obviously, they don't have Tano Alfonga still. He's still out for the season with the torn ACL. But besides that, they're fully healthy going into this game, and that's a blessing. On the Chiefs' side, they are without uh, all-pro left guard Joe Tooney. He is not going to play in this game, so that's a big loss for them. Um, out with a pec strain, potentially surgery through the tear. And everything else is kind of the same. You know, it's Niners-Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes versus Brock Purdy. You know, the Chiefs are four Super Bowls in six seasons. The Niners are trying to get their first in 30 years, trying to break that that Super Bowl drought they've been trying to break for multiple, multiple decades. And that's what it comes down to is it is the juggernaut Chiefs going to get another Super Bowl? Is Mahomes going to get his third? Or are the Niners finally going to finish their quest for number six? And I know our, our producer, Nate Littlefield, is really hoping for the latter there. I would tell you this, that this is probably the weakest of the four Super Bowl uh, Chiefs teams going in. Um, yeah. They've struggled all year. They've had lots of problems. I think that when I say lots of problems, I'm talking about a Super Bowl team, so it's not like that many problems. But their receiving core is just probably the weakest, not even probably, it's confirmed as one of the weakest that they've had to take to the Super Bowl. It just shows you the will to win that Mahomes and the rest of the team have had, despite the Kadarius Tonys of the world playing games both mentally and Physically, um, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire being pretty much a nothing and having Pacheco step up. So they've had other people step up to be what they are. Can you say that this Super Bowl, no excuses, it's a healthy team versus a healthy team for the most part, and we can't say, well, asterisks. I'm asking you, Emil. Yeah, no, it, it, there is no excuses here for the 49ers. They have to get this done, and and they know that. There is a real sense of urgency with this team to get it done this year because this is their best shot, right? Even in the playoff games, you know, against the Lions and the Packers, things weren't going their way. And then all of a sudden they come back in historic fashion in both games and and deliver comeback wins with Brock Purdy in the moment. This feels like the team of destiny. You know, it's not going to be this season. Then when is it going to be? And to your point about the Chiefs being the weakest supporting cast, offensively, yes. Defensively, they're at their strongest. So they're number mm-hmm. seven deep away. Um, and that's that, that for good reason. They held Baltimore to seven points. In Baltimore, I should say, made Lamar Jackson lose his mind at his own home stadium and, and brought up those questions again for Lamar Jackson. So while the Chiefs absolutely offensively don't have the same firepower they do previous Super Bowl teams, defensively they're probably as strong as ever. So it's going to be a real clash of which defense is going to break first, the 49ers or the Chiefs. And, it's, and if they both break, this could be a shootout. Who knows? You know, you're uh, you're very factual with what you're reporting right now. Let's get into the emotions right now. Nate, do you mind uh, stepping to the mic? Because – when we talk about emotions, here comes Nate. He's going to talk about how he's nervous yeah. about it. Yeah. Nate, <laughs> you, you, you've had a, a Radio Row week as well. Yeah. Tell me how your experience was this past week. Radio Row was insane. So it's in the Mandalay Bay Convention Center. Just a big empty room that they filled, and it was honestly phenomenal. I was a little um, skeptical at first, like, what's going to happen? 
every entity is in there. You see ESPN bringing in uh, like Pat McAfee's booth. It's it's not a booth. It's a whole set they bring in, and it's it's ginormous. It's ginormous compared to us. We have two lifetime tables put together in the middle, and then so like all <laughs> around the edge of the building, it's like NBC set up with a Pro Football Talk and like Chris Sims and those guys. Uh, they're bringing on like Baker Mayfield. You got Rich Eisen on the end. You got the NFL having their own Yahoo Sports. All these big entities on on the outside, and they're using the same set over and over again for for different shows, and kind of kind of changing it up. It's pretty impressive. And then all in the middle is all the uh, quote unquote lower tier. However, you still have guys like Cam Newton. In the middle, we're like right next to Cam Newton. We're seeing Cam all day. Shannon Sharp's walking by. Jay Johnson, our producer, knows Stephen A. Smith. So Stephen A. Smith comes by. The whole place is like locked onto this giant man in a purple suit. Is he walking by and he gives us He's a what's really up? He's not really physically giant, right? He felt tall. He's yeah. skinny. He felt tall. He you just know? walks in a room, though, and co- commands that presence. Yes. Apparently there was a – I was in the restroom at this time, but he walks by. Someone tries to uh, – just tried a little too hard to get a photo with him, and he snaps. He's in like, hey, I got to go. I got to. No, no, no. Uh, oh, during our way. live show right next to our booth. He's like, I got to go. I get You got it. Leave me. Like, someone's just doing too much with him. So we got, like, <laughs> the Cam Newton show's happening. It's like fourth and one or so, whatever his show is. He's got a game changer or game manager shirt on because of uh, this whole thing with Brock yeah, Purdy. Yeah. Um, and he's got, like, this bamboo wall or just wood wall. And you just hear him screaming like right next to us the whole time. And we're, uh, we had some awesome guests too. We're bringing on guys like Warren Moon, uh, X Niner receiver Stevie Johnson, and Tori Smith. They're on. We had, uh, oh man, we, it's just, it was so, uh, sideline reporters, Michelle Beadle, everyone. It was amazing. It was yeah. just nonstop. Who was doing, doing the interviewing? Uh, we had Styles and Watkins, our midday show. Got it. And we, they'd come on and we'd talk to them and, Former Raiders, former Mike Golick, we had on, wow. and we're meeting all these people. And there's, I'm not even joking. I don't think there was a bad inter- interview. Like every single person was so cool. You get worried, like, uh, are these guys going to be like, you know, too cool for us? Because we have a small booth, and you know, we're running a few cameras. I, I had to, you know, I was like a one man army producing behind the scenes, um, just audio and video, and everybody was so understandable. Like when. I needed a couple minutes to kind of get things. The internet was really bad, which was frustrating. That's to be expected, considering that you have so many exactly companies in there mm-hmm. operating. Yeah, we had to end up paying for a uh, a hardwire line because we're doing a radio show. So we're we have to bring this a little inside here. We bring this device. It's called a Comrex, um, and it's a it's basically transfers our our line straight to the station, and the station puts it out over the airwaves. And you had to pay a large fee to get the hardwire for that. So that's where our hardwire internet was going. We couldn't do both in the lap. It's just All right, convoluted. Let, let me step to you then. Yeah. Just tell me about how you're feeling about the game. And then, Emil, I'm going to have you kind of close out because I know you got other responsibilities to get to, and we'll finish the rest of our show. Uh, we miss you, and we'll, we'll get you back on for the full show next week. But, Nate, uh, what I guess what I would say to you – actually, I'm going to ask Emil a question regarding Brock Purdy in a second, but yeah. what's your feelings leading into tomorrow knowing that today's Super Bowl Eve? I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. I, uh, I've had a distracted two weeks, which is nice. Every – about 80% of the people we brought on the show picked the Chiefs. I'm, I'm, I saw that. I saw the Niners. Uh, I was at I was at the hotel two days ago with all the players. They're killers. They're ready to win it. I I just I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to dominate. I genuinely think thirty five to twenty one. And I'm not trying to jinx the team. I I I I think I'm going to see it in my lifetime. I, I love it. I love yeah. seeing that. Emil, um, my question for you is: How did Brock Purdy seem? I mean, I saw snippets and clippets throughout the week. How did he seem? Because that's really what it's going to come down to. Everybody's saying you've got Mahomes, the coolest cat on on planet Earth, being able to handle the stress and pressure. He's done it many times before versus this kid from Iowa State who, you know, dresses nerdy and is trying to figure out where to be. Uh, what What's our uh, scenario? What's your thoughts about Brock and how he's handling himself? And where do you think it's going to go? Yeah, bro, bro, look. Brock is Brock. Nothing seems to phase this guy, you know, on the biggest stage or not, even opening night when he's sitting there with, 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 um, with Scott Hansen and Patrick Mahomes doing, the, doing the podium stuff. And Scott kind of slipped in there. Are you ready? 
fourth and fourth and three minutes left. Are you ready to disappoint Taylor Swift? And Brock kind of let out a little smirk of <laughs> yes. And look, Brock, look, Brock is Brock is just Brock. He, he's cool, calm, collected, stay, stays true to himself because of his foundation and his background um, in Arizona as well as religion. And he, he's just a really, really cool cat. You know, you say Patrick Mahomes is a cool cat. Brock Furry is a cool cat because mm-hmm. that guy, again, never, never really wavers. You know, he's always kind of the same guy, locked in, you know, cool, kind of relaxed. And even talking this week, you know, they asked him about his best, you know, favorite moments of this week. And he goes, the bus rides back between stuff because for that little moment, you kind of get to be yourself and kind of, you know, get to relax and just be one of the guys. And Brock is just a regular person. He's not a, he's not a superstar like that. He's not a, like a crazy famous guy. Sure. He's now in that limelight, but he doesn't perceive himself like that. And so that's what makes Brock so cool. And that's why the Niners love him because he's the same person, whether he was a third string quarterback or now an NFL MVP front runner at one point this season. Prediction, please. Nate's going to hate me. He already <laughs> did it. I already know. At least he's sticking yeah. to his guns. Yeah. Th- 31, 23 uh, chiefs. So Emil has that gut feeling that it could be a Chiefs uh, win. Here's where I'm at. I, I've been watching the Chiefs games all year because I'm secondarily a Chiefs fan. Far, 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 far. What? Yeah, I I was a Chiefs fan because of, um, A, my hate for the Raiders, and B, when I started playing fantasy football way back in the early 2000s, Priest Holmes was the first guy that I drafted. And I watched Priest Holmes, and I was like, my goodness, this is a real running back. This guy was incredible. He had that flair about him when he crossed the goal line, and he'd stick his hands out like a, like a ta-da as he's crossing the goal line. He averaged like 25 to 30 touchdowns a year rushing. Priest Holmes was an absolute beast for about five years. So I followed that. I'm friends with Christian Okoye, legitimate friends like we talk on the phone. Christian Okoye is a great buddy of mine. I own a title company that's in Kansas. Like, there's reasons why I have that. But I'm a Niners fan through and through. I have multiple lower back tattoos. That's one of them. I'm joking, kind of, maybe. Uh, but I grew up a Niners fan. I am I work with Niners. Uh, it makes sense for us to love the Niners here, both financially for the store as well as for the fact that I'm a Niners fan since I was a little kid. Steve Young was my favorite player growing up, even more so than Montana. And uh, I just, I've always loved the Niners. I remember the 94 Super Bowl against the, the the Chargers. You guys were not born yet, I don't think. That was one year before me. That was one year before you. Yeah, that was my six. That was my junior year in high school. I couldn't remember. Couldn't forget that. It was an incredible time. They they kicked their butt, and it was awesome. Um, I've watched the Chiefs this year, and I've watched them struggle, and I've watched them struggle with. Wide receiver hitting their wide receivers, and if it wasn't for Kelsey, they'd be in real trouble. Like maybe not make the playoffs, kind of trouble. Uh, their receiving core sucks, um, but they've pulled it out here or there. If you look at their scores, it's there's never a blowout. They're never winning by more than a touchdown and a, and a field goal. Maybe I think that if the Niners put the screws to them, and I mean lots of Christian McCaffrey throughout the game, I think he is the key. I think Debo is kind of the key. I think. Um, Ayuk is kind of the key, but a heavy dose of McCaffrey, both in receiving and rushing. I think that game manager or not, Brock, if he could throw two touchdowns and McCaffrey and a big dose of McCaffrey, I think it's 28-21 Niners. And uh, I think that they're going to control the time because I don't think it's one of those things where you just want to overwhelm and give the ball back to... no. To Mahomes, no. you saw what he did against the Bills. You want to you want to have like a two or a one point seven five times possession versus what the Chiefs have. Yeah, you yeah. want so if there's sixty minutes of, of total game time, if the Niners can control somewhere around forty to forty two minutes of the game possession, I think they have a really good chance. And I think that's where we're at twenty eight twenty one Niners McCaffrey the MVP. That's what I that's what I think. Hmm. Who's your I hope I- I hope you're right, Emran. I really do. I want to cover a winning team. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to cover this losing team again. I really don't. It's heartbreaking to watch this team lose in the big moment like that. I would much love to see something different than the Chiefs and Taylor Swift right in the sunset. Well, I mean, you're a Raiders fan, so you're used to all that. All right, yeah. so let's move. <laughs> Emil, you are awesome. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Uh, enjoy the Super Bowl and go Niners. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. All right, so Emil has uh, dipped out. He's got a lot of things to do today on 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 the eve. Um, Nate, let's just kind of go over some of the things that I've got on my schedule and time. 
If you guys want to call in, say what's up, say hi, uh, feel free to come through at 916-339-1140, or you can hit us up on the text line, which is, I don't know. You have a you have a question right now on the YouTube chat. I don't have my glasses. Let me oh, okay. Say. You want me to uh, read it? Um, yeah, in just a second. Let me, I, I, Scott, we see you there on the, uh, on the YouTube question. We'll hit you up in just a second. Let me get a little bit of uh, some of the housekeeping out of the way. All right, so this week I'm flying out on Thursday to the Burbank Card Show held in Ontario. Of course, the Burbank Card Show held yeah. in Ontario. You've seen our guest, Rob Varis, from Burbank Sports Cards on here multiple times. Rob and his team are the ones putting it on. It's probably the largest card show on the West Coast. Actually, it's not probably. It is. Um, they call it the West Coast National, and the National is the largest card sports card show in the world. They're calling it the West Coast National. We'll be there from... Uh, the 15th through the 18th, which is Thursday through Sunday. I'm going to go home on Saturday night. I, I have a little baby, man. I want to I want to see Beckett and spend time with my wife. So I'll be coming home on Saturday, but my team will be there the entire time, Thursday through Sunday. Come out and see us. True Sports Cards will have our own booth. We're buying and selling the entire week. So w- next would be that we have Tops Hobby Rip Night, which is going to be our trade night. We normally have a regular trade night where people buy, sell, and trade in our store at 6661 Stanford Ranch Road, Sweet Pea Like Paul. That's in Rockland. We're having our Tops Hobby Rip Night. We're going to be giving away Tops packs to the kids, Girl Scout cookies, food, fun, trades, selling, all that stuff. It's going to be next, it's actually two weeks from today, two Saturdays from today, February 24th from 5 to 8 p.m. February 24th, 5 to 8 p.m. there at the store. We'd love to see you there. Again, kids, we're, we're giving away swag, shirts, hats, etc., as well as free tops, packs for you to open. And I'm working on having a special player come join us. I don't know if I could pull it off or not, but this player will have a tops Bowman card that he would be willing to sign if I could just confirm that he'll be around. So we're working on that. Third, we have the Auburn Card Show. That's happening on March 2nd. My team will be there as well. That's going to be held at the Auburn Gold Country Fairground, County Fairgrounds. The address is 209 Fairgate Road. That's going to be the Saturday, March 2nd from 10 to 5 p.m. at the Auburn Card Show. Look forward to seeing all of you there. And finally, as far as housekeeping goes, the Roseville Gallery. Many of you have been excited and thinking uh not thanking, but uh, saying uh, congratulations to me and the team about expanding into the Roseville Galleria to having a new shop. We have it. We're going to be taking over the American Visions Gallery shop uh, that's already existing. If you don't know the name of the shop, go to the shop that has thousands upon thousands of Funko Pops in there. That's the one that we're going to be taking over starting March 1st. The store is open right now. You can go check it out, but we're in the process of conversion we're in the middle of inventorying some of that, uh, what what's in the store. And to tell you, Nate, that we have a lot of Funko Pops, that's an understatement. We're right now uh, in the middle. We're about one-tenth of the inventorying through, adding it to the system, etc. There are over 40,000 Funko Pops in that store. That's wild. So we are working <laughs> on that. We have sports memorabilia, framing, etc. If you follow us on Instagram at, at True Sports Cards, you will know that I went on Tuesday of last week to go buy a big machine called the Wizard that creates these custom mats for framing. So that's exciting. We're going to be doing custom framing there at the shop. It's an exciting time for True Sports Cards. We have two locations now, one in Rockland, one in Roseville. We want to be your local card shop, and and we love having you. So that's kind of the housekeeping to begin with. We're going to go another 35, uh, 30 minutes or so here uninterrupted. Let's go ahead and take that question. Go ahead and ask that question on behalf of Scott. Yeah, Scott wants to know, do you guys see a market for sports cards coming back? I have a load of cards from the late 80s, early 90s, football, basketball, baseball, and hockey. Thank you. All right, Scott, good question. Hopefully I can answer this correctly. All right, I'm 46 years old, meaning whenever I talk to families um, or or people that come into our store, mostly it's a lot of kids uh, with their parents, but... When I talk to some of the adults that come in, they're about my age and, you know, in their 40s, maybe late 30s, and they talk about how they collected as a kid. It's very common. Yeah, I collected. And just to let everybody know, the age where kids really kind of flip into loving cards on a collecting basis is somewhere between 8 
and 12 years old. There's just that range. I think kids understand a little bit of commerce. They have a little bit of money. They're spending a little time, uh, you know, dedicating themselves to collecting. And when I was 10 and 11 and 12, that was 87 through 1990. And that's when the card manufacturers were like, wow, these kids really love this stuff. I think we should crank the presses. Let's make as many of these cards to satisfy demand as possible. Well, with that said, that meant that the rarity starts to go away. The more you make, the less rare it is. And supply exceeded demand quite a bit in the 80s. I would probably say the height of that was 1989, where unfortunately that's when Ken Griffey Jr. came into the into play and Ken Griffey uh, was a generational talent who happened to fall under the worst time of limited production baseball cards. So when I have people come in and say things like, Oh yeah, when I collected it as a kid, uh, I have these cards and I first say, and it seems weird, but my first statement is, well, how old are you? And if they say that they're between 39 and 48, I go, have you collected since then? And they're like, no, not really. I go, well, I mean, maybe, but I hate to be the Grim Reaper, but your collection's probably not worth much. No, but you don't understand. I've brought it from my house to house to house to house for over the last 30 years. I, I don't care if you move it 50 times. It didn't make the cards more valuable. I would just tell you that that era, Scott, that you're talking about, from the mid, mid I would say like 1985, to 1994, there was lots and lots and lots of cards produced. So if you're asking me, do you believe, do I believe that card values will uptick back? The answer is no. They are literally millions upon millions upon millions of these cards created with little to no demand. And what's sad about it, and as Nate's learning about cards being a part of the show, and I'm I would tell you that some of the greatest players of our generations are in that and they can't get a value on their cards because of the mass production. So when you see a Justin Herbert or you see a Ellie Dela Cruz or you see any of these stars of today and you see their cards going for a hundred, 200, $500, you're going, well, I have a King Griffey Jr. The guy's 50 times better than them. I have a, I have a uh, Manny Ramirez I have a, a John Smoltz. These guys were in a place to where their cards were produced uh, a million times over what today's cards are being produced at, and that's the value. If you take something like Frank Thomas, his most valuable card that's not an era card is his 1990 Leaf baseball card. That card right now goes for about $15. We're talking about one of the greatest hitters of all time, Frank Thomas, and the guy can't get more than $15 as an ungraded card. So you're going to have a hard time finding values in there. Now, there are some really, really huge gems in there. As an example, if you take a Barry Bonds 1987 um, Fleer card, and you get it in a gem mint 10, meaning you got it graded by PSA or another company, and you got a 10 out of it, that card now jumped to two, three, four hundred dollars because it was so rare to find that card in great condition because kids like me played with the cards. We didn't really think about grading because grading didn't exist. So now when you take a gem mint copy of that and put it out in today's world in 2024, it's going to have super big high value. So Scott, in a roundabout way to answer your question, I'm trying to flex a little knowledge from my brain to all of you. Um, I would just say that the 90s, late 80s, they're not coming back because they never were really there in the first place. All right. That's the question. Scott, I hope that answered it. That's a good answer. I tried. I learned. I spent five minutes talking about 90s yeah. cards, which I hate doing, but it was important for Scott to get that answer, so that's why I wanted to give it to him. Okay, so we got some new releases that came out or, was about, or are about to come out. Let's start with what just came out this past week. This past week, we had tops. Excuse me. I'm... <laughs> Messed up right there already. 2023 Panini Rookies and Stars Football. That's a product that's on our shelf at $419 a box. Uh, with that said, we sold out of it yesterday. Release day was yesterday. We sold out all of our boxes. I got to go get more. They have two autographs and two memorabilia cards in these boxes. Again, 23, you're looking for uh, 
autographs, but you're not going to get them with Stroud. You're not going to get them with Will Levis. You're not going to get them with uh, some of these top players. Anthony Richardson is in the product, so he's starting to gain some momentum because people are realizing that he has some Lamar-like qualities to him. And he uh, that team was a playoff team this year, you know, with uh, Minshew taking them. Confirmed with Nene, was, was Minshew and the Colts in the playoffs? I believe they were. Maybe, or they were at the brink of. Uh, they didn't quite get in. But they were like... Le- they were close because they, they had a close one with... Uh, Houston at that's the end there. That's what it there. was. That's what yeah. it was. Yeah. They so, were not the seven. Jaguars didn't make it either, so okay. that was a close one. Well, that's different because Jaguars had Trevor Lawrence and they shouldn't yeah. shouldn't have been on the brink of. That and was a terrible like division. And they were 7-3 or 7-2 and two at one point. So I would tell you that uh, the Colts have a playoff contending team. That's why a lot of Anthony Richardson cards are seeing a spike because they're realizing that this guy is pretty good before he had that concussion. They held him out for the year. I believe he also had an injury to his shoulder. But at any rate, Anthony Richardson is scheduled to come back full strength beginning of the year, and people are starting to make that investment because they believe that he's low. All right, Nick, this upcoming week on Valentine's Day, 24 Tops Series 1 Baseball Hobby and Jumbo are coming out on Valentine's Day. It's a big release, the first 2024 release of the baseball year. Can't believe it. Next month, pitchers and catchers report. I think they actually report before the end of this month. They're going to start some of the... Wow, I'm really off. They actually have games at the end of this month, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not I'm not researching right now. I'm kind of leaning back. Nate, can you help me on this? Who who does? Sorry. Baseball. Baseball, uh, spring training? Spring training. I think it starts... Uh, I think they have games at the end of this month. It might. It is a leap year, so you get that extra day. So, <laughs> so I could sneak it in there. Let me look at this. When does spring training Baseball start? never ends, I thought. Uh, basketball seasons never end. Spring training begins. Single game tickets going on sale on StubHub. They're not a sponsor of ours. February 22nd, Dodgers versus Padres. Yeah. Man, dude, that's in two weeks. That's <laughs> yeah. it. I can't believe it. It's crazy. I mean, what, like, I don't know. What Are you even a baseball do? dude? No, I'm not. Okay, so do you, you don't follow any of this stuff? Not really. I mean, I've been paying attention to the A's thing. Especially just being in Vegas and look, Otani's not going to play in the spring training. No, he's not pitching this year at all. But seeing Otani in a Dodgers uniform live instead of photoshopped is going to be pretty cool. Is that normal for someone to do the UCL injury and not pitch at all the next year? Name somebody that's had it. I mean, other than Tommy John, um, just with, because of the NFL Paul. guys do like like Brock did. I think Stafford had the same injury. Um, Wild. I don't know. Just I different. think I think if you're going to make an investment of seven hundred million, you're going to take it slow with your guy. Yeah. Particularly the fact that he could still hit, and NL has um, DH, which didn't exist a few years back. But he doesn't have to field. He's fine. He doesn't have to throw. Just hit, yeah. hit and run. Um. So with that said, the Tops Series One hobby. We have a pre-sale. We're taking pre-sale until February thirteenth. That's it. Once it hits the 13th, it's going to be regular pricing. Pricing on our shelf on February 14th, release day, will be $100 for a box of Hobby and $175 for a box of Jumbo. You can get the pre-sale right now. Coming into our store and picking up a box, paying for it uh, in a pre-sale, $80 instead of $100 for the Hobby and $150 instead of $175 for the Jumbo. These are great great deals for you to come in, reserve your box, and then when you come in on February 14th or later, just know that you have a box waiting for you at the pre-price. And remember, prices often will go up when product demand happens. You're locking in your product at $80 for jump for regular and 150 for jumbo. The other big big release that's coming out is coming out Wednesday as well. It's 23 24 Panini Prism Basketball Hobby. That is Wemby rookies and all the other superstar rookies from this year. And strangely enough, uh, the one guy that hasn't got a lot of hobby love that needs hobby love immediately is Brandon Miller, the second pick of the draft out of the Hornets. Have you been watching basketball, Nate? I've been paying attention, yeah. Oh, well, the Kings are killing me. But besides that, uh, Brandon Miller, yeah, dude. That I mean, he had like five games in a row of 20-plus points. 
He's killing it. He's playing both People ends. People did not want to like admit he was good. It felt like coming out coming into the draft because of all that uh, stuff at Alabama, off court stuff. But no issues so far, dude. He right? is he is awesome. And the debate was him versus Scoot Henderson. Yeah, Scoot and Scoot struggling. Yeah, and I thought that uh, some trades would happen to help with Scoot. Malcolm Brogdon should have gotten traded. He did not, meaning that she still got the logjam between him and Simons and. Brogdon and Scoot. And Simons is a great player. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah. He's awesome. So, so they're when, in a weird spot. Yeah. They should have they should have traded Brogdon. This this is the most disappointing trade deadline I've ever seen. Especially um, for the Kings, yeah. People were upset. Well, I was pretty pumped uh for cash considerations. <laughs> so it was a great trade. For Brooke Lopez. Yeah. Oh no, it was Robin. Oh, Robin, excuse me, yeah. yeah I'll, I'll take Brooke I'll any day yeah, of the Brooke, week. I'll take Brooke, yes. He would have been actually had a role on the team. Right, but, yeah. but nah. The nah. Kings did bring up Keon Ellis. That's uh, good. So he'll actually, wait for that. I saw they played last night. Yeah, three-year deal. Which is good. So for those of you that don't know, um, Nate also does a little bit of coverage with the Stockton Kings. Shout out 209. And the Sacramento Kings, too. Uh, yes, I know that, but that, <laughs> they knew that, too. Yeah. Point of why Keon Ellis, as much as he has played very well, why hasn't he played at all? And you see a lot more Davion. There was like a restriction of his ability to play in games before they flipped the contract to a guaranteed contract. I think they wanted the flexibility of being able to have him be part of whatever trade scenario was there. Once the trade deadline went through, they signed Keon and now you saw you see him playing. The dude has not played in like twelve games. That's it. you are exactly right. Yeah, because they're uh, it seems like they're kind of phasing out Davion, but they had to pick the games they wanted Keon for. It was uh, in in the Stockton League, I believe. If if you're on a two way contract where you're in between the G League and the NBA, I believe you get fifty games. Mm. So they were waiting. You're right because this was a question all the way up to the deadline. How are they going to get Keon on this roster? And they sign guys like Juan Toscano Anderson. You're like, all right, what's going on? So it's nice to see Keon get that role. He fits in well. So we're going to see a lot of rookies that there's a lot of rookies playing this year on different teams. Um, where one of the real awesome guys playing right now is Cam Whitmore. Have you seen him play? Not really. No. Cam I'm Whitmore. Take attention. a little look on his stats. Cam Whitmore is a guy that was drafted in the teens. Uh, he was drafted. Um, let me see what, which one, where he was drafted. He was, he's 19 years old, plays for the Rockets. And, uh, he is, he's been really good as far, like, let's see, yesterday, 19th, he scored 17 points, five and nine shooting in 18 minutes. This guy is really playing well, averaging 12 points a game. He's somebody that I would consider investing in, um, more so, and if you think about the Rockets, the Rockets guy was uh, the Thompson twin, and Amen, and those Thompson yeah. twins are struggling. And they were supposed to be the highlights of this product, by the way, from Prism, because they were the highest drafted autograph guys in there, four and five, and they're just struggling. Although the the Pistons version, uh, Asar Thompson, Pistons won the other night. I just don't get these Kings, man. I don't know. And then they, they beat lose the Nuggets. It. Yeah, yeah they, I don't, they I don't, Like, crush the Nuggets. I don't know, man. It doesn't No Cade Cunningham. It doesn't make any sense. No Cade Cunningham. No Bogdanovich. So stupid. Uh, <laughs> so and, and, dumb. And so you have, a, you have a 17 point a game guy not playing. You have an 18 point a night game guy not playing. And then all of a sudden, they beat the Nuggets at full strength uh, with Gordon and Jokic and Murray. And they still beat them by, uh, what was the final score last night? By. Uh, 138 to like 101 or and something. It, was, something. it, it was wasn't, even, clo- no, it wasn't yeah. even that close. Which is fine. I mean, what a, <laughs> I, I want to ask you, though, like the Rockets are kind of exceeding expectations. I know they're 12th in the West, five games under 500. But uh, what do you think about Shangun and his his value? Do you think he has potential to be a superstar in this yes. league? Yeah, I, yes. I think he's going to be Look, in the next he, couple of years. He'll he be a household name. If he was selected as an all-star, I still would have been outraged that that Sabonis didn't get it over him. So stupid, okay? by the way. Which is already a, a stupid thing that's happened. But I would have been outraged. But I wouldn't have been mad that he was, that Shengun was actually picked because his stats definitely say it. Are you mad that Cat got it then? I'm mad at Cat. No. Well, I think that if you have a top five team in the West and you have zero All Stars selected, and you have 
players like LeBron, who is going to be in no matter what, but you have Anthony Davis, and I can't fault his stats, but they're ninth in the West, okay? They're ninth in the West, and you have two All-Stars, and you have somebody fifth or fourth in the West like the Kings are, and you have none, and Sabonis is just the triple-double king. Yeah, 16 already, I think. The, The dude is averaging eight assists a game. As a center, he's so good, and and you came. Anyways, I don't I don't want to be on the radio complaining the entire time, but this is just ridiculous. I think we were talking about Panini Prism. It's available, and I will tell you also, <laughs> Sasha Vizenkov's cards are in there. I saw a rookie that came oh. in through our store. It's not a ton. I think we have it for like four bucks in the store, um, but it was nice to see Sasha and his uh, his rainbow three pointers playing again last night. I yeah. mean, that dude hits the ceiling. Yeah, and he's and then shot. he has that bow and arrow thing he does. Yeah, he's a interesting guy. I don't know how long he'll be sticking around for. I, he's cheap. Yeah, he's cheap. He's yeah. cheap relatively. But he's only going to be 20. I don't know. Whatever. And then finally, next Friday, we have Panini Court Kings. It's a pro- Oh, let me go back to Prism Hobby. Nine seventy five a box. I'm staring at Nate right now. That's a lot. Nine hundred dollars and seventy five. How would you box. break that? I'm you... not. Listen to me, guys. Listen to me, radio uh, fan fans. I'm not setting the price. Prism Panini is setting the price. I'm just the one carrying it. I would love for every box in my store to not exceed two hundred fifty dollars. I promise you that. But Panini has said this is what it needs to be at for retail. And they make it that way, not only for you as the customer consumer, but for me, the guy that has to buy it. So trust me, I'm buying it at a really high price. Can I ask why you're carrying it then, if you don't want to sell a box more than two fifty? As as Jalen and Jacoby once said, you got to give the people what they want. And they want okay, so they're but they're at hot some tickets. but at some point, I won't carry a product. As an example, there's a product called 2022 Immaculate Football. Mm-hmm. Okay. Even twenty three, twenty three was worse. You would spend seven, eight hundred dollars as a consumer on a box, and you're pulling these cards out, and they're like these little napkin color. When I say napkin, I mean it's just one color. They're not pieces of different colors of the jersey, and they say player worn. And what I want people to know what player worn versus game worn means is that the player literally took a jersey that was not a game used jersey or anything like that. They put it on their body. They take a picture of them wearing it on their body. They take it off their body, give it back to Panini, and Panini cuts it up into a bunch of little pieces to put on the on the card. Okay? Literally puts it on their body for one second, takes a photo, and takes it off. And then now they can say it's player worn. If you ever want to see something funny, Nate, you could even do it as we speak. Mark Ingram jerseys. Okay? What Mark Ingram did, the running back for the Saints at the time, put on like 50 jerseys at the same time. He looks like a <laughs> little Stay Puff Marshmallow man wearing these jerseys. He's smiling. And they take all these jerseys and they say that they were player worn. You can Google it. You can just see it. Right I up. see. He looks ginormous. It, ridiculous. I think this might be Michael Thomas. And then Unless what, he's just wearing, he's wearing 80. But no, no, no. The reason why they wear 80, Nate is because it has the most pieces of jersey um, number that can be cut. That is the stupid... Also, Michael Thomas, that's my bad. But uh, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It doesn't matter if it's stupid or not. That's what they do. That's so funny. Uh, So, the number 88 gives you the most amount of actual patches on a jersey, right? Number one would give you the least. So, what they do is they just have them wear like an 88 jersey. I'm I'm pulling the curtain behind... I'm, no, I'm, this is good. That, I'm telling that you, is insane. Yes. So if they wear a bunch of 88 jerseys, they can cut up a jersey. They can cut one extra large jersey up into about a thousand pieces that they would go into a card. I don't know if anybody knows this. I'm giving you some inside baseball here. And then what happens is they look for pieces that have, you know, multiple colors in it. Like on a Niners jersey, they want red and white and Gold, if that little piece has that in there, there's an inflated value in that. Why am I going on this tangent? Because in the Immaculate product, they have a bunch of player-worn stuff, meaning, hey, the guy put it on his body, Debo put it on his body, took a picture with it, took it off, now it's player-worn, okay? I want game-use stuff. Show me something that has a piece of a game-use jersey that was worn in a game, and that's what I loved about Upper Deck in the old days. Here I am talking on my soapbox about back in my day when I collected, here I go. But 
upper deck, if you collect anything from the mid-2000s, basketball, football, any of that stuff, you'll see and you'll flip it over on the card and it says, this piece of memorabilia was actually game-worn in a game. And in some cases, they would tell you what game it was, right? Oh, this was actually worn in the Super Bowl uh, in 1994. That's so cool. That's what we would want. Yeah. So when you're buying a product as a consumer at seven, eight, nine hundred dollars a box, of course you're going to feel ripped off. And for me, as the person that's selling it to you, I just have no interest in doing that. So after I get through in my initial, like now that you had a taste, go find it somewhere else because I just don't want to sell that to my customers because I don't feel good about what's there. I'd much rather you come in and spend your money on singles and buying the cards that you want rather than the gambling aspect and seeing what you get. And that's why I tell people. If you decide to open boxes, which is wonderful, people should open product if that's what they want to do. Open it in store because if you get something really cool, but it's not somebody that you collect, I'll be happy to trade it in for store credit or maybe even purchase it from you if it makes sense. But it's your chance to take something that you are, you got the endorphins of opening something. You're excited about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I pulled this. It's really not, I'm not an Anthony Volpe baseball Yankees collector. But I know he has value, so would you trade it with me, Emran? Absolutely. What else would you like? We can kind of figure out some kind of thing that works for both of us. So trading out of a product uh, or an item that you pulled that you don't want into something that you do want, we're all for that too. All right. I wanted to go over this before we close out today. I've seen a lot of people kind of cash out recently, um, Nate, people that have wanted to come into the store and sell us their cards. Uh, for whatever reason, it's just kind of picked up over the last. Part of it is because I'm asking for cards to come in and be sold uh, and sell it to us, but also people are just cashing out. There's other expenses, things that they find more important that they want to spend their money on, and I appreciate that. So there's some strategies when it comes to selling, and I want to talk a little bit about that because I want you as the, as the owner of your cards who are thinking about selling, where you're going to get the most amount of money. And there's three places, there's many different ways to sell your cards, but I'm going to give you three of the most common ways. The first one is direct to the final customer. Somebody that you're going to sell the card to that's going to own it, love it, keep it, it's in their collection. You will get the most amount of money if you can find that person that's going to want that card. Nate, who's your favorite player in the world? Probably Patrick Willis. Okay, who just got into the Hall of Fame. Shout out Patrick Willis. Congratulations to him. So... If you want, if we had a Patrick Willis autographed card and we found Nate Littlefield and he was a card collector and we said, hey, Nate, would you want this card? Nate would probably be somebody that would pay the most for this card versus somebody that is indifferent to Patrick Willis or doesn't collect the Niners. So if you want the highest value back to, your, to a sale, you're going to want to find the Nate to your Patrick, Patrick Willis card. The second way to sell is to sell on, oh, by the way, on those direct-to-consumer, we're talking about eBay or setting up at a card show and selling or going to a trade night like we have on February 24th at our store where you're meeting somebody that has an interest in Patrick Willis and you trade them their card or sell it to them. That's what I mean by direct-to-the-final-customer. The next best way is selling it to a seller wholesale. So a seller that's going to retail it and find the Nate for that Patrick Willis card, you're going to sell it to them. They are a little bit more indifferent to it, but they might say, hey, I'll pay you a percentage of the value of the card, but not the full value. And that's somebody that would say, "Uh, sure, I'll sell it to you for a little bit of a discount because I don't have to hunt and peck and try to find Nate to sell this card to. And then the other option is directly to a shop like mine. You come in and you'll say, hey, Amron, I've got these 55 cards. I'm interested in selling them. And the way that we work is, uh, I kind, I'll give you a little bit of uh, method to how I buy. I look and say, uh, when I, if I'm going to spend some money on the cards, how soon can I get my money back? And then we can go for, you know, what, what does that look like uh, as far as what I'd be able to offer you? If you came to me with Brock Purdy cards today and said, or actually Monday after they win, that's an embedded yeah. command, uh, part of the neurolinguistic like programming like that I've learned over my times. Um, I would tell you that I would pay more for a Brock Purdy card than I would for a third-year Peyton Manning card wearing the Indianapolis Colts card. Okay, We're in Sacramento. Brock Purdy's hot. He's current. He's now. Peyton Manning, while he's an all-time great, 
a third-year Indianapolis Colts panning, Peyton Manning card doesn't really make sense for us locally. However, I buy everything except for what except for what uh, Scott asked about earlier. <laughs> uh, anything from 85 through, except for uh, in the chat here, AC. Shout-out to AC in the uh, YouTube chat. He says that the Tiffany and Fleer Glossies are worth a little bit more, actually have some value. He is correct. There are really some certain cards there in the uh, 85 through 94 region that have some value. But for the most part, we buy all the modern cards. I love vintage cards. If you have anything pre-1975, I'm a buyer, particularly in the 50s and 60s. I buy a lot of T206 tobacco cards, 1933 Gaudi cards, Bowman cards. I love all that stuff. Does PSA grade those? They do. They, in okay. fact, that's the preference of what we do. We, I want a number grade by a reputable company, so that way you as the person selling it to me and me as the person buying it have a general idea of what that card Yeah, values. I just didn't know if they went back that far. Yeah, they absolutely. Cards that they go all the way back to 1800. That's crazy. Yep. I have an 1887 card that's graded by SGC. A baseball? Yep. Yep. <sighs> it's just a, a guy holding... Uh, his gloves and it's in a black and white photo and it's a little small tobacco card was in was in the tobacco packs. So here's what I would tell you. We've got about three minutes left, two minutes left. I want to tell you. So here's what I would tell you. If you want some tips on how to sell to me, I, I can't speak for any other card shops. My hope is that if you're listening to our show, listening to our podcast, watching us on YouTube, you trust my opinion and you know that we're somebody that that's here for you. Know what your cards are worth. Okay, I'm here. My job is to give you money to give you trade value in order for you to trade your cards or sell your cards to us. Not for me to sit there and spend all day looking up your cards. So at the very least, look up your cards, go to eBay, look at the eBay solds, and mark down the date that it was sold. If you find something that was sold a year ago, I'm not going to have it be relatable to now. So you have a general idea of what your cards are worth. I'm going to look them up in front of you anyways, but do yourself some due diligence so that way you know. Second, know what you're asking for. Hey, how much are these card how much are these cards worth? says Emrin to you. I don't know. Well, how much are you asking for them? Well, I don't know. Like, what are we doing here? Spend a little time researching your card and then telling me what you're wanting for it. And then also make sure that it has margins for both of us. If the card is going for a hundred bucks and you ask for a hundred bucks, we we can't have a conversation. I have to have a little margin in there. But I also want to make sure that you maximize your value too and make some money because I'm your I'm your card shop for decades to come, right? I'm going to be here a long time and so are you. I want to make sure that we have a great relationship. So I want to make sure you feel good about the win too. And if you're a kid under the age of 18, particularly really young, 14 or less, nothing's going to happen without me talking to your parents. We've got to make sure that your parents or your responsible adult says that they're on board with it too. Come on in. We're here to help you. You can always call us at the store at 916-259-1993. We're open Monday through Friday, 11 to 7. We're open Saturdays, 10 to 6. We're open Sundays, 10, excuse me, 11 to, I'm really wrong now. Just what's the address? 10 to 5, the address 6661 Stanford Ranch in Rockland. One last thing I'll tell you, we will be open tomorrow, 10 to 1. It's just me. I'll be there. If you have uh, (laughs) the urge to rip some product or buy some cards before the Super Bowl, it's your last chance to make an investment into whether it be Mahomes, Purdy, or any other person on that team. Tomorrow is your last chance. Some cards are going to be up. Some cards are going to be down. But Monday is coming, and we've got some significant activity that's going to happen starting tomorrow. We're open at the store 10 to 1. I look forward to seeing you right before the Super Bowl. Happy Super Bowl, everyone. Nate, Go don't, Niners. don't you worry, Nate. It's going to be just 35, fine. 35-21. I say 28-21, but we're Go. both on the same, time, same, same side. Guys, thank you so much. We'll see you next week from the Burbank Card Show. It's us, the True Sports Card Show. Emron Pilati, Nate Littlefield, and the Mill from the Field. See you later. Thanks for listening in on Sacktown Sports 1140.